everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Good morning and good Friday to all out there listening. This is RP3 and company. We're going to get you home on this holiday weekend. Not to worry. Going to start off your holiday weekend on the right foot with the big, bald, and beautiful one. Yours truly, Raymond Parts III. Of course, I'm joined inside the game studios here in Upper Lafayette slash Karen Crow. Already, already (laughs) giving me the business. Already giving me the business. Miss, I love to give the business herself. The producer extraordinaire and a five names. Good morning, madam. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? tremendous that's great i'm so excited for today (laughs) because it's friday yeah it's good friday what are Mm -hmm. your easter plans did you finalize Uh, that i know there was some some discussion some you were tossing and turning about not being able to go see your family in lovely slittle on sunday did you Think about my recommendation of going down on Saturday. Then you can see them Sunday morning, and then you can just drive back home, and you can split up the drive through two days. Uh, my best friend is now going to come to my house on Saturday, and um, Kenneth brought home three dozen eggs, so we're making a lot of eggs on Saturday because I have three dozen eggs in my house for some reason. Are you planning on... Having your own Easter egg hunt with yourself? I don't know. Probably Are you just going to dye the eggs and then pock um, them? That I am unsure. I just know that his egg guy at work decided to bring 12 dozen of eggs and kind of brought home like three. So, apparently I have three and a half now because I used some yesterday. So, now I have three and a half. I had to have four. Now I have three and a half. Your gentleman... Yes. Caller, mm-hmm. your fiance, mm-hmm. you're soon to be betrothed. Mm-hmm. He has an egg guy. Yes, because he works at Sandra's health food store. So they have like an organic egg guy that comes and brings in their eggs for the store. You're marrying someone who's got connections. Yeah, he got an egg guy. I mean, I mean, I mean the way you guy. said it at first, <laughs> I forgot that guy. he worked at a store like that. When you first said it, it was like, you know, he's got an egg guy. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Like 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 he's a gangster. Like he's <laughs> like he's an organized crime. Yeah, I got I got an egg guy. Yeah, he has an egg guy. Got an egg guy. A regular milk guy, a goat milk guy. Tony's gonna so. bring the eggs. He's gonna take them to the house. Don't worry That's about fine. it. Yeah. It's my egg guy. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think his name literally in his phone is like the guy's name and then egg guy. I think. Same with the milk guy. I think it's that guy's name and then milk guy. I'm like, they don't have last names? That's fine. I don't know what I have. Three dozen eggs in my house. So, um, I guess you better get cracking. <laughs> Apparently. We maybe had eggs with oh, chicken last night. Guess, so. <laughs> guess, guess you'll be having a lot of eggs in the next week. Great. I'm so excited. I have eggs and spaghetti. Eggs and rabbit and rice. <laughs> I was supposed to make barbecue chicken last night. Instead, I made scrambled eggs with cheese and chicken. Which is funny because it comes with a chicken. <laughs> I, I, yes, yes. I see what you did there. So I had the cooked chicken. <laughs> it's fine. It's Friday. <laughs> it's the holiday. Yes. And uh, yeah. The Mariners won, didn't they? They're off for skid now. They won. That's five right. To one last night. They avoided the sweep. They did. Take that, fighting Jim Gazzolos. <laughs> Take your White Sox. You snapped your losing streak. You've I avoided did. the sweep. Yep. Now maybe you can build some momentum heading into the weekend series versus the Houston Astros. How do you think football will come back on Monday if I do win? Most of these games this weekend take the series. Think he'll be upset with me? There, there's a pl- no. He's not going to be upset with you. He's going to be upset at his team, and then he'll be mad at his team, and then he'll yell about his team losing to the Mariners. Yes, because they've owned them for so long, as both him and Pat McClellan said. And I bet Yasko will say today at seven o'clock. It, it that is factual. <laughs> that is factual, actually. Uh, the, the Mariners will be doing something well, and then they'll play the Astros, and then they'll go, what happened? That's pretty much how that, that's been for a while. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. How was your weekend? I mean, your day. Tell me about the weekend. This weekend? What I got on tap? It's busy. It's jam-packed. <laughs> it's jam-packed. Got all the family celebrations. So today... I will kick off my holiday weekend by going. Uh, got a little bit of a tea time, right before lunch. Tea time. Oh, oh right. yeah, oh yeah. Brother and uh, brother-in-law and I are going to be going to the farm. Going to get a round in on Good Friday. Got that tea time because someone canceled. Really? Uh, I was just the right person at the right time calling. Look at you. Yes. So uh, the drunk giraffe will be on the golf course at the farm starting shortly before noon today. On Good Friday. We are more than likely going to go to Good Friday service tonight at our church. Then Saturday, my mom is making a traditional ham and some potato salad. And then we're having an Easter egg hunt over at her house. Then we'll be going to visit Tina's mom and bringing her a plate of food on Saturday. So we'll have two visits with family members on Saturday. Then Sunday... We'll go to my brother-in-law's house. He's putting on a crawfish boil in Bro Bridge. It's going to be for Easter Sunday, but also my father-in-law's birthday. Will also be a like a combination celebration. So, oh lots of family time this weekend for the holiday, and of course, traditional Easter Sunday church service. Here's a question. Do you put a lot of candy in y'all's Easter eggs for Easter egg hunt? Or do you put, like my uncle does, and put like quarters and dollars and stuff? You do both. Okay. You do both is what we typically do. And then we'll create a special egg. When I was a kid, 
my great uncle would always go have Easter at his house, his and my great aunt's house. And when they did the Easter egg hunt with all the grandkids, and I have a picture somewhere of all of us holding our Easter baskets and me in a little Atlanta Brave shirt and the whole nine yards. It's somewhere. He would take an old, this you're, you're too young of this, but pantyhose used to come in like a little plastic egg by legs. So what my great uncle did is that they took one of those and they put, I think it was like a dollar or five dollars or something like that inside of that. And then they would wrap it up in aluminum foil to make it like a silver egg. And then they put it up somewhere high. So when you're a kid, you're always looking down for the Easter eggs, right? You're like, oh, I got to look in the bushes, got to look here, here, and here in the tall grass, you know, what I call monkey grass, which my grandparents and my great uncle would have in their yard. And then my great uncle or my grandfather would always put up the, and I figured this out at an early age. And all my cousins would be looking down on the ground, and I'd be looking up. I'd be like, I don't care about those eggs. Where's where's the big egg at? Where's the where's, big prize where's, egg where's at? That one. That's the one I I need the money egg. And sure enough, I found it more times than not. <laughs> so yes, so we'll have an Easter egg hunt at my mom's, and then we'll have another one on Sunday as well. So so much Easter extravaganza coming up. Grandparents have already booked little one for next week because she's out of school for the Easter holiday. So there'll be nights spending at grandparents' houses. And we have friends of ours from church that are going out of town. And they've asked Hattie to join them. Nope. Come take care of their, come make sure that their new baby ducks are fed. Because we got padded to go bring her to take care they, of the ducks. They they got themselves like eight baby ducks, which they have in like in a in in a, in a old bathtub that they that's where they they're they're housing them right now. So they asked us if they'd like to you know pay Hattie her first job, if you will, to have to go over there and make sure that the ducks are taken care of. So we went over yesterday to see the the ducks and. As my daughter would say, it was cuteness overload. <laughs> I was is like, "That's there any day." And I was like, "Not going to grandparents' house is coming to the station. Hang out with me. We can make that happen. That'd be a great thing." Boom. I'm Let's making, make it happen. I mean, all I'm doing really tonight is I'm making breakfast for dinner. And more than likely, you're going to be having eggs. Yes, eggs. <laughs> eggs with chocolate chip pancakes. Oh, that's a game changer. And Kevin Foot, I hate that. Some seasoned potatoes. Because Did you just say, say say that again for me? Seasoned potatoes. Seasoned potatoes. I don't say it like that. They had You gotta set um, it for like, like like you were fancy. Rouses that they look good. So as we're having dinner because tonight is now one year exactly till I am betrothed. So, so a year from today. Yes. Will be five names becoming six names. Yes. Officially. Yes. How do you feel about that? It's a little scary, but um, I have the most, the, the big chunk, most of the big chunk is already done with. The only left of the big chunk stuff is uh, getting my wedding dress. I haven't gone shopping for that. That'd you still, you still haven't idea. got your wedding dress? No, I'm going on May 1st with my mom, my stepmom, to go find it. 
I'm reading in the Baton Rouge, so go find it. Did you? The Baton Rouge? Is that what you just yes. said? The Baton Rouge? Si, senor. So, a year out. Yes, we are a year out. Five names will become six names. Have you figured that out part? That part of that? I'm still out yet? debating. I'm also want to like do like a rock paper scissors to see if I go Hannah Grace. Are you Adam Silver and Morton, or <laughs> Hannah Grace Olivia Morton? Because I got two options that I'm down to. But I'm thinking I'm taking out the last two names and just replacing it with his because I've been saying that for five ever. But um. Then I'll be a fake can of five names. Because I can't be can of four names. That sounds weird. We can't have you being fake. Right, so. Fakeness is not allowed around here. I don't know. I'll become H-Gom. Instead of H-Gol. H-Golem. H-Gom. We got a poll question of the day. We do. That we actually unveiled last night. Because we decided to... Defensive. Well, we decided to do it a little early. <laughs> yeah, f- f- there's that accident. Save Hannah some time this morning. Poll question of the day. What was your favorite part of the Easter holiday growing up? 37% of you say basket of candy. 37% of you say crawfish boil. 16% say Easter egg hunt. 10% say egg pocking. Let's get to some comments, shall we? Egg hunts were great until my parents couldn't remember where one was hidden until we found it a week later. That smell will haunt me forever. <laughs> That's by Ton. Oh, Shout out to him, though. He did go and retweet our uh, hope, our search to be verified on his Twitter last night. That's right. We'll get to that. We'll need your help. Heart on Twitter says, egg pocking. Once you got on a roll and beat three to four people with your egg, you swore it was made from... From some alternate universe until you lost. Crushed, literally and figuratively. We, before the pandemic rolled around, we would have the Parch Easter games at our house. Tina and I. Egg pocking was one of the competitions. So was egg toss and other things. My wife gets very into those things. Um, Egg toss, yes. I actually didn't ever heard of pocking until you told me that was the fourth option. Oh, it's a thing. Yeah. I never knew about egg pocking until I married my wife. Oh. And she's and like, hey. Kenneth has too. And I'm like, you're from Florida. How? how? I'm from Slido. And I don't even fucking, I don't, I don't even know. And she's like, she's like, she's like, hey, we're going to pock some eggs. I'm like, what are we going to do with some eggs? That <laughs> <laughs> first Easter together. I was like, what? Pock it? And she looked at me. You, you, you don't know what pocking it? I was like, no, I don't know. How do you even spell that? I had to learn and educate myself. I was like, oh, okay. But then my first question was, what are we going to do with all these eggs? You just ruin all these eggs. Right. Like, what? what's, I don't, I don't understand. You use them to make potato salad. Okay. See? See, what I, but when I make potato salad, we make them with crawfish boil. We like crawfish boil the potatoes and the eggs. We add garlic in there to get an extra flavor. And then we make potato salad. I've never heard of this. Really? Yes, really. Oh. Mom does all the time. So you crawfish boil the potatoes. And the eggs. And the eggs? Uh-huh. And you add garlic in there just to give it that extra flavor. And then the you use that 
to make your potato salad. Uh-huh. But you still make it traditionally with like mayonnaise and everything like that. Yeah, but we don't use relish. We use real pickles because I don't like relish. Relish is nasty. How can we get our hands on some of this crawfish boil potato salad you're speaking of? Um, Do you know how to mom, make it? No, my mom never taught me. So I guess the mom very nicely. So what you need to do this weekend as you mm-hmm. avoid going to see your mother um, for the holidays because you're going to stay at home instead and uh, eat 27 eggs over the weekend. You said math in your head. It's about to take a pause, isn't it? <laughs> Needs you to get with Mama and find out when can we get our hands on some crawfish boil potato salad. Okay. Yep. You really? You, you, I'm, I'm serious. Okay. This. You know what? This is going to be our next food poll question. Have you ever had crawfish boiled potato salad? Mm. But you got to ask. You got to ask Mom. So you can get our hands on some of that. Mom, can you help me? Mom. It's just usually how I answer. Usually I, an- I call her and then she goes, yes, child. Yes, child. So I'm like, I mean, why do you sound so angry to answer my phone call? Like, if I talked to you and you said no, you don't want to talk to me, it's fine. Because I'm working, so. Oh. You're always by yourself. I think she can, she can talk to me. Okay. All right. We're taking a time out. Yeah, we do. <laughs> oh, it is good Friday. We got a good show lined up for you, though. Seriously, James Yasko will join us at seven o'clock today, talking all things Astros as they gear up for their weekend series against the Seattle Mariners. Mike Dettelier, you know him, the college and pro football analyst, our good friend. It's draft season. He's going to join us, give us his thoughts on what the Saints are probably going to do. And so much more about any activity with the draft. That's going to be coming up at 7.30. 8.15's going to see our guy, Nick Fonno. That's right, cashing tickets. We're going to talk a little playing tournament, some baseball, maybe even some USFL bets with Nick Fonno. And then at 8.30, Emily Chason will be joining us. That's right, she is the Etouffee Festival queen. Etouffee Festival's later this month in Auroville. We'll talk about that. That's how we're going to wrap up the week on this Good Friday edition of RP3 and Company. We got more coming up. LSU baseball, Cajuns baseball, McNeese baseball, all on deck. We'll recap what happened last night for you. That's next right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. join in the discussion with rp3 then just give us a call on the hotline you know the number two four niner five six seven eight i can't hear you you're trailing off and did i catch a niner in there were you calling from a walkie talkie no need to be embarrassed just call us at 337-706-0111 back to more rp3 and company on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station
Welcome back to this Good Friday edition of RP3 and Company. Ooh, poll question of the day. It's all about your childhood. It's all about what you did growing up. How did you celebrate Easter? What was your favorite thing to do, favorite part of the Easter holiday growing up? Was it having an Easter egg hunt? Was it a basket of candy, chocolate bunny in the house? Was it a crawfish boil, which I've just found out Hannah Five Names and her family make potato salad out of boiled potatoes in a crawfish boil and eggs boiled in the crawfish boil. Game changer. Or was it egg pocking? Go vote on our poll question of the day. Right now it's tied 35-35% for candy and a crawfish bowl, 15 and 15% each for Easter egg hunt and egg pocking. So go vote on that this morning, please. Let's talk a little LSU baseball. As good as they looked at Mississippi State, where they played a clean game, no errors the whole weekend, swept the defending national champs, the old issues with Jay Johnson's team showed up yet again last night. Sloppy in the field, mental miscues, and they fall 5-4 to four on the road to the Arkansas Razorbacks. Of the five runs scored by Pig Suey in this game, at least four came following plays that couldn't be made by the Tigers' defense. So not all of them are errors, but some of them were plays that should have been made that weren't. LSU also had chances at the plate including having the bases loaded in the eighth inning. And that ended with a double play. Woof. Of course, the two teams will face off again tonight in Fayetteville. First pitch is set for 6 o'clock. You can listen to the game live right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. But LSU, man. As good as they looked, as good as they looked last last weekend against Mississippi State. And to be honest, Mississippi State may be down. They lost a lot from last year's national championship team. They're not the same. But you thought, hey, the Tigers had turned a corner. Yet, here they are dropping the first game of an SEC series yet again. Yet again. They did that against Texas A&M in the series they lost. They did that against Florida. They turned around and were able to win that series. They did that against Auburn, lost that series. Swept Mississippi State. And now they've started this one off losing 5-4. to And Arkansas is a team that was the number one ranked team in the country last year. a team that was upset in its Super Regional and didn't get to go to Omaha. So they have talent. They're nationally ranked. This is a quality opponent. But LSU unable to get the job done. Up in Fayetteville last night, they dropped to 23-10 on the season. 7-6 and six in SEC play. And they dropped further back behind Arkansas in the SEC West standings. Arkansas builds up a lead 
a run in the first, a run in the third. And give it up to Mikhail Hilliard. He pitched well enough to keep them in the game. Pitched well enough to keep them in the game. And then you're thinking, okay, LSU's got this. They plate three runs in the top of the sixth. They've seized the lead. Mikhail Hilliard gets them there. Great. And then Arkansas is like, no, we got this three runs in the bottom of the seventh. Tigers do score that run in the eighth, but they still had the bases loaded. Double play, get out of the game. So they'll have to get back on track in a hurry. Because this is a key series. We talked about it. This is a key series if they want to keep pace in the SEC West. And the two things that have hurt, we've talked a lot about on this show, has been timely hits. Last couple weeks, they didn't get them heading into the Mississippi State Series. The other part of that, relief pitching and their defense. And all of it came up in ugly fashion last night. In a game, they let slip away from them. They should have won that game last night. Can they bounce back and take the series now, win the next two games tonight and tomorrow night? We'll see. The Minnesota Cowboys, on the other hand, they started off their Easter holiday weekend strong. Remember, they were humbled. They were swept by UNO last weekend, outscored 36-11 to in the three-game set against the Privateers. But Justin's Hill team... Got back in the win column last night. 9-3 victory over Incarnate Word there at the Joe to open up a three-game Southland Conference Series. The Cowboys scored nine runs in the first five innings. That's called setting the tone. That's called being humbled and embarrassed by last weekend series, not having a game to play, and getting extra practice time, and your coach being on top of you. That's what that means. <laughs> that's 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 what that means. Braden Duhon, leadoff hitter for the Cowboys, led McNeese with three hits on the night. As McNeese gets back on track, gets themselves in the win column. And look, I, I still believe the Southland Conference is wide open. It just is. You saw Northwestern State get humbled last night by Nichols. So the conference is going to be wide open if they can somehow turn a corner. McNeese, remember, they did this last year. Had the loss, the road trip at Northwestern State, back home, turned it around. Then made a run in the conference tournament, won the conference tournament, got back to an NCAA regional. Southland's wide open. And Duhon has been an absolute machine last five games, sitting at the top of the order. 12 of 24, he's batting 500 in his last five games. So McNeese starts off its weekend series against the Cardinals with a 9-3 victory. The Raging Cajuns? Well, we're going to get to them next. They... Put a whooping on ULM. The Warhawks, God bless them. They didn't, they didn't stand a chance. 
as they came into the, to the Teague and took it on the chin from the Raging Cajuns. We'll hear from Matt Deggs in company recapping last night's game at the Teague. That's next. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There are two types of sports reporters. Those who are respected for their ability at building relationships with coaches and players. And here's our game plan. Then there are those whose method of reporting is getting hammered with the college football team at Pat O's. We're going streaking! We'll let you guess which one RP3 is. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to RP3 and Company on this Good Friday edition. Woo! We're going to get you ready for the holiday weekend. We're going to have some fun today. Not to worry. We got great guests lined up. We're going to talk Astros baseball with our buddy James Yasko coming up at 7 o'clock. Mike Dettelier is going to help you get you prepared for the NFL draft. We'll have Mike on for back-to-back segments starting at 730 Nick Fondo will join us for cash and tickets, play-in tournament edition. And then we'll talk a little Etouffee Festival as well on this edition. Good Friday edition, if you will, of RP3 and Company. We've also already touched base on some action on the diamond from last night. McNeese opens up their Southland Conference Series against Incarnate Word. 9-3 to victory for the Cowpokes. LSU, meanwhile, on the road in Fayetteville, had their chances. Let that game get away from them. Let that game get away from them. Sloppy fielding yet again. Bullpen yet again. And they lose a first game, the first game of an SEC series yet again. Fourth time out of five series. So can they bounce back? Can this be like they did against Florida? Remember, the Gators, they lost their first game of that series, bounced back to take the next two games to win the series. So we'll see. Once again, you can listen to LSU at Arkansas tonight. First pitch at 6 o'clock right here on the game. And we're about to get to some Raging Cajun baseball talk as well because it was a big winner last night as they put a whooping, put a whooping on poor ULM. But right now, let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on our guy, Doug. Doug, good morning to you, brother. Good Friday to you and yours, my friend. What's on your mind, brother? Oh, the same to you, Ray, and everybody else. I'm, Ray, I'm going to give you a little secret about Pac-Ann. But, but first, I want to say there was some good baseball and some good softball last night. I was back and forth between the girls and the, and the boys in the Tiger games and that Tiger game, uh, the boys, that was that was great, man. It was back and forth, back and forth. I'd like to see a bigger sample size of Bryce Collins. 
Mm-hmm. I think he's a he's a better pitcher than what we're seeing. But uh, and Alec Kilponen, uh, man, she's she's awesome, man. I mean, she's a powerful pitcher. She she really she left uh, the Gamecock scoreless. I mean, uh, uh, what can you say? That girl's tough, man. Oh, she's no joke, Doug. That's for sure, brother. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, listen, Ray, you want to be the parquet champ? Oh, give me give, give me the, the tips. Vehicle. <laughs> Go to the feed store in Canco. They sell these porcelain chicken eggs. Uh, you can put them in, you know, they use these eggs to thin out the egg eater snakes that get into the nest and eat yeah. chicken eggs. But anyway, you can get these eggs, and if you uh, if you put a little fingernail polish on it and stuff, kind of decorate a little bit, I guarantee you, you, you're going to be the pocket champ. <laughs> don't let the little... Don't let the kids hold your eggs. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, there it is, brother. There it is. Doug, appreciate the phone call, bud. Happy Easter to you and yours, my friend. Happy Easter, Ray. See, Doug's giving us some tips. There has been a few times when we've uh, took part in such festivities where someone goes, uh, you cheating? You, got, you, you, you actually got a real egg there? <laughs> and you always have the person that because because i don't know if you've never played five no, names not so so you can use the top or the bottom of your egg okay and you get eliminated once they're both cracked so sometimes for whatever reason you may that the top of your egg may crack when you're pocking them together right mm-hmm. but sometimes it won't or sometimes the bottom won't so you'll have someone, there's always somebody that's got one side of their egg that's cracked that's still making a run because the the, the bottom part won't crack. Oh, yeah. Then there's always somebody that does it too hard. Raise your hand if that's you. Ah, that's right. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> it can be fun, though. It can be fun. No. Look at Doug with the tips. The <laughs> Easter tip from Doug. And literally, when I heard that, I was like, some of that one about the confetti eggs people do, they pop each other's heads. But no, that's, that's not the same thing. I found out. I was like, hey. <laughs> it is not the same thing. <laughs> not the same thing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the things I find out living here. Oh yes, you'll find. I'm I'm not originally from here. Wife is. You find out a whole lot of stuff. It, look, the Acadiana area and its culture is very very unique. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy about that is that it's so diverse, even in Acadiana. Like the Cajun culture, say in Villeplat, is different than it is in Bro Bridge even though they're not that far apart on a map. It doesn't take that long to get to St. Martinville or Bro Bridge to get to Ville Platte. I've made that trip numerous times. Or what the folks are down in, say, Homa, you know, uh, on the way to Homa Thibodeau, on, like, New Iberia. That is wildly different than, say, Lafayette. So, it just that. is. And the well, accents are different in certain places in Acadiana. 
which is the other thing. Like as someone who lived in non-Cajun country and when moving down here and just hearing it, like going to cover high school games throughout Acadiana and you just hear the accents and they're slightly different and you go, what is this? It's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's a very unique place. Very unique place. My like my sophomore year roommate for college was like, I was like, what is this word? And it was shot. She was like, she said it, and I was like, and I said it. And she goes, no, mm-mm. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work on that. Cause I didn't know how to say it at first. I even know what I even said when I first started saying the word. First time I heard that said, I've told this story before, but I'll I'll tell it again. <laughs> so my wife and I are dating. Mm-hmm. First of all, my wife, who's from Arneville, does typically does not have an accent, except for after she has a few of a uh, few adult beverages in her, and all of a sudden that accent comes out, and I'm like, well, "What is that?" <laughs> so we go to have a crawfish boil. We go we go out to eat at a place in Arneville to eat boiled crawfish. So we're all sitting there, and I'm getting to know extended members of her family and everything like that. And we're all sitting at a big table. I keep hearing this word keep getting said, and I'm just, I'm, I'm confused. You know, I've lived in Alexandria and Monroe and central Illinois. And I mean, I lived in new Orleans and, and, and outside of Baton Rouge in, in Alabama, Mississippi. So I keep hearing this word and I, I'm not familiar with it. I'm like, who are they? So I, I turned to my wife and I whisper in her ear, my, my, at that time girlfriend, but now wife, and I whisper into her and I says, I go, babe. She goes, yeah, what's wrong? I says, I go, who's Shaw? <laughs> who's the Shaw they keep talking about? And she started laughing. She goes, no, they're not saying Shaw. They're saying Shaw. I go, what's a Shaw? I, I, I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea. But it's just little things like that. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what it means. Isn't it just a person? It's just little things like that. I was like, I was like, who's Shaw? I was like, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. I like, had no Kenneth idea. Kenneth makes fun of me now because I go and I like I'm talking to somebody, and like, I'll say like "baby" or "baby" or "love" or something like that, and he's like, "I thought I was baby." And I was like, "It's just a thing that's like, you know, working at a restaurant surrounded in Cajun culture." I'm like, everyone else says it, and then I'm oh, yeah. just like, mm. "Yeah." He's like, "No, I'm the only one." So every time I say it in front of him <laughs> to someone else. He goes, I'm, 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 I'm boob. I thought I was boob. <laughs> Hold on my hand. He'll like rip his hand away all like child. Like he's like, I think he's five years old. I'm like, sir, <laughs> get it together. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, nothing like, yeah. I experienced the same thing. I went to a, a restaurant one, t- uh, one time and the, the lady said, oh, how you doing, baby? And I was like, uh, uh, I was like, uh, I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I was like, I didn't know what to But it's a very, in even, especially inside the state of Louisiana, it's unique. Yeah. Because the Cajun culture here is wildly different than, say, it is in Homa Thibodeau. Right. It, it just is. It's different. Yeah. Like, I lived there at one point. It's different. And it's very, very, and it's even very unique inside of Acadiana. Where, like I said, the culture is different. When you're you know, like the Cajun Prairie area of like Mamu, Eunice, Basil, all that out there, wildly different than say Brobridge and St. Martinville. Oh, it yeah. just is. And Port Berry and Opelousas. So that's like all I know now. Like somehow, like 
my time living in Connecticut, gone. Don't remember any of it. <laughs> time in Georgia. The only thing I remember from Georgia is that I, was, I lived on a hill. My next day was on the other side of the hill. So, like, when it came to, like, having snow and stuff, that's all I remember is making snow and going up and down a hill. Like, that's all I really remember. And, you know, lots of lovely airplane rides from Slidell, Louisiana to Connecticut and to Georgia. Lots of peanuts. Lots of bark bags we brought home. It's a great time. But I don't really remember most of that. All I remember now is this. <laughs> Well, you are, yes. Five, five years changed me. <laughs> five years changed me. Well, outstanding. Five years changed me. Oh, but yes. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. Doug with the tip, man. Doug gave us the good tip. Right. Now I'm on my first time I'm going to play the game. I'm going to win. Oh, so you're going to go cheat right off the bat? You're not even going to attempt to to, to nope. pock eggs? The right way? I don't. Oh. Doug may be a bad influence on you. I mean, probably not even going to play because. You have enough eggs to play. I do. Just watch a YouTube video on how to play. You'll be fine. Just me and my best friend back and forth. There you go. And Kenneth. <laughs> well, Kenneth be at work. He has okay. to work tomorrow. Okay. That sucks. It, there, there's always something. So. <laughs> there's, there's always something going on. Poll question of the day. What was your favorite part of the Easter holiday growing up? 32% of you say basket of candy. 32% of you say crawfish boil. 23% say Easter egg hunt. And 13% of you say egg pocking. Oh. Oh, JPK the OD responds to Ton's comment about lost one. <laughs> lost a hit egg and found it a week later. He says, you think that's bad? Try hitting one with a weed eater in August. Oh, it's been oh, sitting there. No. It and you open it up with the weed eater. Oh, my God. That's, That's good. Just, oh, my God. The smell is, like, coming to me, and I'm not even around it. <laughs> oh, I can taste it. That's terrible. We got to take a timeout. When we return, we'll recap Raging Cages baseball and wrap up our number one. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, the Raging Cajun baseball team crushed the faces of ULM last night. 14-2, a season-high 18 hits in this ball game. Tyler Robertson went four for five with four ribbies, while Julian Brock and Connor Kimple each had two hits and each had home runs. Brandon Talley earned the win after giving up just two runs on seven hits in six innings of work. Of course, the two teams, the in-state rivals, will face off again tonight at the Teague. First pitch set for six o'clock. Ooh. And Tally, who's really kind of turned a corner and feels like he's settling into this role as a starting pitcher for Matt Deggs and company, talked about if he's now totally comfortable in that role. Yeah, I think I am. I think I've got, not that I was uncomfortable to start with, but I mean, it was something that I hadn't done since high school. So, but uh, I, yeah, I mean, I've gotten that routine. And yeah, it's it's been I felt a lot more comfortable these last uh, few times for sure. Tyler Robertson, as we said, had a monster night at at the plates. He was 
one hit away from completing the cycle. And this is what he had to say about coming oh so close. That's like my only time ever doing that. So, but Coach Deggs, before I went up there, he was like, I want you to hit home run right here, but don't open up. And that's exactly what I did. But it went in no man's land, so I got lucky. And you look, the Cajuns' bats, they have been just absolutely on fire of late the last couple of weeks. They are really starting to rake and getting timely hits as well. And Robertson was asked, why is that going on right now? Probably the fact that we hit three hours, four hours a day and just grind, grind, grind and never take any days off. So, And just people getting comfortable in the box after having 50, 60 ABs. So I think that's the reason. Matt Deggs, his team starting to come together. They're starting to gel. It sure does feel that way. They're beating the inferior competition. This is what they're supposed to do. They're starting to build some momentum. So we'll see if they can keep it going. We'll see if they'll keep it coming. The rest of the weekend, get a second series sweep in a row. Once again, Warhawks, Cajuns from the Teague tonight. Make sure to go check out 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a recap by our guy, Matt Miguez. He'll be there at the Teague yet again. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two, baseball talk will continue. Go to talk Astros with James Yasko. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome back to this Good Friday edition of RP3 and Company. Woo! We're going to get you ready for this holiday weekend. Going to get you ready. Mentally, physically, spiritually. We're going to check all the boxes. Are you going to know how we're doing it? No. Do we know how we're going to do that? No. Part of it's going to be part of the poll question of the day. I said part twice there. There you go. (laughs) Poll question of the day. What was your favorite part of the Easter holiday growing up? 30% of you say basket of candy. Chocolate bunny. Cadbury egg. Ooh, and they just came out like the, like two years ago, the big, huge, like two pound Reese's Reese's Easter egg. Ooh. I'm allergic to peanut butter and I peanuts, know, so I can't have that. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Five names. How dare you. Basket of candy. 30% of you say that. 30% say crawfish boil because southwest Louisiana. Shout out to you. <laughs> 26% say Easter egg hunt. 14% say egg pocking. That's our poll question of the day. Keep those votes coming. 
Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Mr. Green did. He just said yes. <laughs> Mr. Green said yes. That's all. <laughs> if Twitter would allow us to have a fifth option, the fifth option would have been awkward family interaction. Yes. <laughs> just like Thanksgiving. Even though yeah. Easter people tend to be a little bit better behaved than they do for Thanksgiving and Christmas when you get together. Yeah. Usually people on their best behavior, you know, just everyone's coming off of Lent. You know, people are like, hey, you know what? Let's, we're happy. We're happy. No one's fighting or anything, but we're definitely not, like, just, like, chill and relaxed. No. Mm-mm. There is foldable tables that are now stained with every color of the wind. Um, every color of the wind? Yeah, I tried to put a Pocahontas reference. That I saw what you did there. I thought you were going in another direction. You know, the tables are stained no. with blood. I was, I was like, what? What kind of family get-togethers are you having? <laughs> Shout out to Fan of Five I names. mean, there's been one or two, but that's because they were, like, at the park and Somehow someone always gets their toe or their foot stuck in the little, like, kid seat swings. Because for some reason we all need to sit in them, even though we know we can't fit. Because we are older and we still try. And we get stuck. That's how Slidell rolls right there. <laughs> Slidell, Louisiana. Yep. Mean Stand up. It, mean of it's Stand up. Where your Easter celebrations swing. become bloody. <laughs> and we can make so many jokes based on that alone. But we're going to refrain. We've talked a lot of baseball in hour number one. LSU dropping its uh, series opener in Fayetteville to Arkansas. Had chances to win that game. Let it get away from them again. Bullpen let them down. Defense let them down. And uh, when you leave the bases loaded in the eighth inning and only get one run, yeah, that's that's not great either. McNeese, meanwhile, they open up their series against Incarnate Word with a win. Uh, with a win. Now you got to tell me win to get freaking Pocahontas theme song in my head. Damn you five names. And the Raging Cajuns absolutely thump the Warhawks last night at the Teague. We're going to keep the baseball talk moving right along as it's time for us to talk Houston Astros baseball with our good friend from the Lima Time Time podcast. He's also a contributor to the Houston Chronicle. And he's also in his spare time a handyman and soccer coach. The one and only James Yesco. James, good morning. Yeah. <laughs> Buy a house, they said. It'll be great, they said. <laughs> oh, brother. I can't. Like, we got our house. When you, you texted me yesterday, we when we got our house, we're like, we were so happy, right? You have that, that, you're so happy that you're a homeowner and it's great and everything like that. And then, like, the AC unit goes out or yep. you need a new roof. Or yep. the washer goes out, and then two weeks later, the dryer goes out. Or your oven doesn't work on your stove. Like, there's always something going on, man. Always. The same people that the same people that said I absolutely had to buy a house are the same people that still say that I have to have a landline. So just remember that. <laughs> Happy Easter, bud. <laughs> Happy Easter. Oh, but to answer the poll question, the easily the, the best part of the Easter weekend is on Monday when you get half off of Easter costumes. That's the best part. Easter costumes. Nice. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. James, yeah. 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 You, you've perplexed five names. She's over there <laughs> making facial expressions now. Costumes? Easter costumes. 
same thing with you know it's the same thing with your on the Tuesday on the on that Tuesday in September your Labor Day costumes, uh, your Thanksgiving costumes. Yeah, no, it's the the day after the holiday is the best for all for all the Arbor Day, Columbus Day costumes. For all the costumes. I I mean I I go for half off candy for Halloween and half off candy for Easter, but I'm don't usually go for costumes. I think I think the 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 Columbus Day costumes are are not 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 a great idea in in any way. Uh, uh, okay, bud. What do you make of your Strohs right now to this point as they head up to Seattle for a weekend uh, divisional series? Uh, whatever's gonna, whatever happens, the Mariners are gonna put a, a banner up. Uh, so that's you know good for them. Um, no, it's, it's fine. It's it's fine. The, the to say that the Astros are four and two and 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 there's, I mean there's been one complete game, you know, I mean, and by complete game, I mean, where, where everything was clicking, you know, they, they split the series in Arizona and, and couldn't hit and, and they're still four and two, like it's, it's fine. And these are all road games. So from this point forward, you're automatically playing more games at home than, than you are on the road. Once you get through this ridiculous beginning of the season road trip, um, no, things are fine. Great. Break broke it down better than anyone, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm tired. I'm so tired of these 8:30 starts. Uh, I'm very very excited for some 6 p.m. starts. Uh, 7 p.m. Is, is acceptable as well. But my my goodness, like what, what? This is like residual punishment from Manfred for 2017, just to make every Astros fan like like sick uh, with a weakened immune system. You know, by by tax day. <laughs> all right let's all right gotta focus you ready are you ready yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you make of what you've seen from uh, Pena so far it, it's it's been i'm very encouraging um you know uh and and maybe and maybe in that respect you know opening this many games on the road uh has sort of helped him kind of settle in not not that you approach a road game differently than a, than a home game when you, when you're a major league baseball player. Um, but you know, when I, I would imagine that 42,000 people, you know, cheering for you, uh, or, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there are, there are still some members of the fan base that are, that are upset that the Correa is not there and that's not Jeremy Pena's fault, but, but maybe sort of getting a few games, uh, you know, under your belt, kind of away from home fans is it kind of helps him settle in a little bit. But I mean, it, it, everything has been as advertised, got some pop, plays some really good defense. Uh, it's, it's, it's been, it, it's been extremely encouraging. Yeah, I've been encouraged. And I like the, <laughs> even though it's a pain for you, the fan, to watch your team and they're starting off on the road. I actually, of, uh, I actually believe that this is the best for the young man. Because he's not at home. He's just with his guys, with his teammates. They're on the road. And he's just playing baseball, right? And I think that's the best thing for him. I think if they would have opened up a marquee series at home, I think there would be more pressure on him. And I think this is actually the best thing for him because he can build up his confidence. And when they do come home, which will be, what, Monday, when they begin that series against the Angels, he'll have you know, a, a little swag to him, and he he's going to be a little nervous because it's going to be in front of the home crowd, and the home crowd love Carlos. 
But I actually think the road trip is is was the best thing for him to kind of find his uh, footing, so to speak. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, <clears throat> so you know, I mean, the you know the home run, you know, a couple of three hit games already. Uh, it's it, it's it's been it's what you what you wanted to see basically. What do you make of the lineup top to bottom? Obviously, Jordan Alvarez has not been really part of it because he's been other, under the weather or whatever is going on with him. Um, but you don't have Carlos because he left in free agency. You haven't had Jordan for most of it. But what do you make of how the team has been hitting overall? The, it's. I feel like we've been saying this for for going on five years that that at some point the Astros are going to have to sort of turn this this luck with runners in scoring position around because uh, that's that's been the you know the, if, get a, a few more timely hits and and you're six and zero oh, um, you know going in going into Seattle tonight so that's that's the only thing really you know I mean that 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 day game uh, what was it Wednesday Wednesday where yeah Diamondbacks ten innings. It went 10 innings and, and the Astros only saw like 138 pitches. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know if, if there was part of the game plan to it. Just, just attack Madison Bumgarner early in the count. But uh, it, it, it sure felt like the Astros Astros were ready to just sort of get that game over with. And they almost just happened to win it. Um, and so, you know, the, some, some jitters, some, some early season settling in, but you know, you, you can't, you, at, at the end of the day, you cannot argue with four and two. If you're playing like crap and you're four and two, then then things are going okay. Framer had such a great opening day performance. You knew it wasn't going to be as good the second time around, and he had issues with his control. I did find it interesting on the broadcast with Robert Ford and Steve Sparks that they they mentioned Steve Steve Sparks brought this up. He says it's different in Arizona because there's no humidity and it's tougher to grip the ball. And he speculated that Framer's early struggles with control, that he could throw the curve no problem. Remember, he got the strikeout there to get out of the jam. There, I think that was in the second. That he was able to do that because it was easier to throw a curveball, but his fastball, he couldn't grip it like he needed to because there was no humidity. I never really heard that before about the about Arizona, um, about playing there. I found that to be interesting. Um, do you think that's just a blip for Framer because it is in Arizona? I guess that's my question. I mean, it, it makes sense. Uh, I, you know, I, I know Arizona extensively having spent three days there in, in 2001. Um, and, and so, you know, that makes that, yeah, that makes sense. Um, the, but it also it sort of tracks with Framber's track record, I guess, you know, the, the, the one, one start, he looks like a Cy Young candidate and, and the next, you know, it's, you look up and he's thrown 62 pitches and it's the third inning. Um, it would be it would be extremely encouraging to find out that yes, it was a grip issue, uh, that it's you know it's it's the dry heat and that I understand the dry heat thing, but like a pizza oven is also a dry heat, so like that's also it's also stupid. Um, so no, it would be it would it would be great. I, I mean, we'll we'll reevaluate after his next start, and you know if if you look and you're six or seven starts in and you're you're all you're one sort of questionable start was when it was you know humidity was 15 percent. then then you look back and you think okay yeah no make yeah good makes sense what do you make of verlander uh, uh, he's great uh he it's that's also what you wanted to see 
you know, I, I think most Astros fans, <clears throat> you know, are just sort of looking forward to that second start because he had the first start in 2020 and then that was it until, until last week. Um, and so, you know, the, the longer that he can, you know, I, I do approve of sort of giving him, you know, kind of shuffling the rotation and stacking it up with off days um, to just give him a little bit more time to recover. And I think, you know, for all the crap that Dusty Baker got about giving Bregman the day off, giving Altuve the day off and, and Brantley the day off. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it, ultimately it's smart uh, because you are playing a long game. This is a team that is that is built uh, or was at least maintained uh, to play deep into October. And and, you know, you don't you don't need anyone getting hurt at the beginning of April uh, because of a shortened spring training. We're talking with James Yasko of the Lima Time Time podcast. He's also a contributor for the Houston Chronicle. We're talking all things Astros as well as all things uh, Arizona. Uh, question, Bud, when you went to Arizona for those three days, did you see two dogs tied to each other? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know where this is going, but I'm interested. <laughs> Anytime I can bring in Family Guy into the situation, I can. Okay. okay. <laughs> Shout out to Tucson. So, <laughs> uh, Seattle. It's a divisional series. The Mariners have str- are struggling. Uh, they avoided being swept by the Chicago White Sox by winning yesterday. Uh, the Mariners have some young talent, right? So this is not going to be a walk in the park, or it shouldn't be, right? This this should be a competitive series, and the Astros should be tested, especially being on the road. The, the Astros have traditionally played very well in Seattle. Um and I, I, at one point, I could call up, you know, some sort of record or or a statistic to to back that up. Um, but but there, there's a proven track record in Seattle. Uh, yes, the Mariners should be good. Uh, they were famously picked by by fans of MLB on Fox on on Twitter uh, to win the AL West. Um, and, and you know, everyone knows that that you can't go wrong with a public poll. Like that's that's gospel uh, on this on this Good Friday. Um, but they still it's it's a question like the Robbie Ray pickup, you know, you get the reigning Cy Young winner. That's 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 a good move for them. Uh they do have some young talent, but that Jared Kalenic kid, you know, it's very <clears throat> highly touted prospect that has literally done nothing. Um, you know, and, and maybe they rushed him. And then that, you know, the Julio Rodriguez kid, he's so so exciting to watch. Like I'm as much crap as I give the Mariners, like the Rodriguez is is the real deal. He's so much fun. Um, but he hasn't played above. This is his first week above Triple A, uh, or above Double A. He didn't. He skipped Triple A. Um, I'd, I'd wonder how much the Mariners are trying to force the issue, and and I don't know how well the learning on the fly in the major leagues will will work out. You know, mm-hmm. it, short long term, it's it's probably going to be okay. Um, but you know, I sort of like to say that you, you don't win a you don't win a division in April, but you sure can lose it. Um, that that may be what the Mariners and of course if the Mariners come out and sweep the Astros this weekend then you know uh they're going to be throwing salmon you know all over the place in Seattle just tearing this ticker tape salmon parade you know down Pike Place Market so it's it's a good sort of test to not only see where the Astros are but to see where the Mariners are are they for real are they for real there we go are they for real probably not you know I I I don't know a lot about (laughs) (laughs) I don't know a lot about Seattle I know I, I appreciated their music um, there that came out of there in the 90s. And uh, there was also the, the real world that was filmed there where the guy slapped the girl that had the Lyme disease. That's about my extent of, <laughs> of Seattle knowledge. Um, I, got in, I got engaged in Seattle. 
Oh, shout out to you. There yeah. it is. Ten oh. minute, and then 10 minutes later, my fiance broke a clown's nose. <laughs> I'll get you out of here with this, Yasko. Five Everything names. Five, true, by the way, 100% true. Everything I said. Five names is a Seattle Mariners fan. Uh, we get you out of here with this. Are you going to, are you like, yeah, longstanding, a long suffering Mariners fan. Are you going to uh, go ahead? This is your opportunity to talk some smack before the weekend series. What you got, bro? I mean, you know, if, if it turns out that the Mariners do, uh, do sweep the Astros or even even just win this series, then then you can expect your Easter weekend champs, AL West Easter weekend champs shirt. Uh, I'll just send it to the station. Okay. I'll buy you some salmon if they win the series. <laughs> you can't afford salmon. <laughs> I don't know what you're uh-huh. saying. <laughs> James, salmon. James, appreciate your time, bud. Enjoy your holiday weekend, my friend. Hey, you too. Thank you. James Yasko. My man is was in rare form. Rare form today. Rare form. That's that that uh that uh, lunch lady hearing it look was just Chef's kiss right uh, there. Chef's kiss, she says. Oh man, we gotta take a time out. The shenanigans will continue. He's trying to talk too, but I turned his mic off. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta take a time out. We got to take a timeout. Oh, man. You're listening to RP3 and Company on this Good Friday edition of the show. We appreciate you tuning in, listening with us. We'll be back with more right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Please. RP3 is known across Acadiana as a master of the English language. You look at all the guys that they got. Clinton Anukoraru, Oof. And I don't know how to pronounce this young man's name. TJ Falola. More like a master of broken English, that is. They also added an inside linebacker, Casey Wasawi. These names are killing me, man. I even practiced <laughs> last night. Me fail English? That's impossible. Now back to that silky smooth delivery of RP3 and Company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway. What? Houston Astros are going to take on the Texas Rangers on May 21st, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a ballpark tour, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. Once again, four tickets to see the Rangers Astros at Minute Maid, the big juice box, a tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Marriette, Houston downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. What? Astros weekend getaways are back, baby. 
got to start winning those. Can't wait to go to the Astros. I can't wait. I go next weekend. You do go next weekend. I'm so excited. I know you are. Kenneth's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's our five-year anniversary present. I said, okay. I'm good with that. You're so, There it is. It's a whole. It's a couple weeks early, but yeah, I'm good with that. Nothing wrong with that. Right. I told him, though, I said, uh, you bought the tickets, which means you have to drive. <laughs> I hate driving. He knows I do. He knows that this, he knows that I, yeah, that's right. Okay. You good there? <laughs> I'm you good? language was just like. You good? You gone. got it? Yeah. You got so. it? Okay. <laughs> you sure now? Yeah. All I right, think I figured checking. out my copy my printer problem. They changed the name on me and didn't tell me. No wonder it wasn't printing. Give it up to five names. Who's winning Good Friday? Me. You are. What? This is a chocolate chip pancakes tonight. What? Ooh. Say what? what Got what? the printer to what? work? What? Gonna have chocolate chip pancakes? What? What? You gonna watch your Mariners take down the Astros? Yeah. Smack talk with foot. Have you ever talked smack with foot? No, and I am excited to figure out what it's that not is. It's not really. It's not really smack talk. It might be funny though. It's not really smack talk. You already made the group message too, so that's best part. Because here's the thing, foot's so hard on his own team mm-hmm. that it, it takes away from talking smack. Because he, he, first of all, he's not a smack talker. Second of all, if he, even if your team did so, he, he'd be like, "Well, my team's terrible." Like you're like, "Hey, man, oh, take that! We just knocked your starting pitcher out of the game. Have some of that." He goes, "Well, our starting pitcher's terrible. We're terrible the whole year." <laughs> and he'll just go into a rant, and then my, my just, bullpen's great. <laughs> and you'll just go, "All right, that's great." Like there's no there's no <laughs> smack talking with foot. There just isn't. You don't know. I've changed foot. You you have you. You've changed a lot of things here at the station. <laughs> and Kevin is one of them. You're, you're, oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Let's check in on the poll question of the day. Okay. What was your favorite part of the Easter holiday growing up? 29% of the vote tied at 29 apiece is a basket of candy and a crawfish boil. 25% of you say Easter egg hunt, 17% say pocket eggs. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. But coming up next here on this Good Friday Day edition of RP3 and Company, words are hard in the morning. They are. Oh, man. <laughs> We're so are, great at them. <laughs> words, are, words are hard. Words are hard. Mike Dettelier, college and pro football analyst, will join us, start breaking down the draft. What will the Saints do? Could they take a quarterback? Should they take a quarterback? Mike D will break it down for us. That's all coming up next right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There are some hosts that talk like they know everything, but you don't have to worry about our guy, RP3. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's because he never knows what he's talking about. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Back to the show in the know. RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
Oh, you can experience Festival International like never before by winning the Games Festival International Prize Pack. Sign up for the Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com and you'll get the chance to score a pair of Bon Ton passes. You'll get exclusive access to front row and stage areas. You're going to be so close, you're going to see the sweat rolling off their faces. Shaded seating, air-conditioned restrooms. That's right, no sweaty, nasty porta potties for you. No, no. You're going to get the best of the best. Express drink lines, shirts, pins, and even a poster. You can experience Festival International like never before by winning the Festival International prize pack from the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. That's right. And there's Bon Ton passes. They're sold out. You can't buy them. The only way that you're going to get your hands on them is by winning them through the game. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. What was your favorite tradition so to speak favorite thing to do of the easter holiday growing up as a kid that's what we want to know right now 29 percent of you say basket of candy 29 percent say crawfish boil 25 percent of you say easter egg hunt and 17 percent of you say pocket eggs keep those votes coming leave your comments on facebook and twitter as well but right now it's time for us to talk the nfl draft it'll be here in a matter of a few weeks This is the season of misinformation. Lots of rumor, lots of lies being spread out there to give us some clarity about the draft and about what the Saints are going to possibly do as a man who knows the draft process and the Saints better than anyone else. It's time for us to talk with our buddy Mike D. It's time to talk with Mike Dettelier. Welcome to Down a Distance with Mike D. Time to discuss the very latest regarding the Bayou Bengals and the Hoodats. Here is college and pro football analyst Mike Dettelier. Mike, good Friday to you, brother. Happy Easter to you and your family, my friend. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Happy Easter to you and everybody listening also. All right, brother. First question is, look, you've covered the draft a long time, a very long time, decades. (laughs) This is the season. I keep saying this is the season of misinformation. Am I completely off base about that the couple weeks leading up to the draft? Yeah. um, You know, I've done this long enough. You sort of know who you can trust and who you can't. Um, A lot of the information that goes out that's not correct isn't coming directly from a team. It's coming directly from an agent. There it is. Okay, he, he's getting paid uh, to give the best on his client and the worst on someone else's. That, that's just his job, okay? So you got to accept that. Um, but I always think that if you look into a team or a general manager's trend, on what he's done in the past, it, it somewhat tells you where he's going to go uh, in the future. And that I've relied more on that than anything else. A lot of times, um, you know, coaches get involved late in the process. And that is where you may see something out of the ordinary happen. Uh, no matter what a GM tells you, uh, there are coaches in this league, and there was one in New Orleans like this, that he he wanted the final say. And, you know, hey, listen, it's the 
Parcells line. Hey, if you want me to cook the dinner, you let me go do the groceries. Uh, so uh, there, there's a lot of what's said is coming from an agent to promote his own client. And a lot of times things are said from a coach who all of a sudden now has become the scout. He doesn't watch college football necessarily uh, during the season. He's got other things to do preparing for his team or an NFL team. Uh, He might watch a clip here or there or watch part of a game. Then all of a sudden, as February comes around and the season's over, he becomes the personnel guy. And so there are some mixed opinions. And listen, even in the same draft room, I've had numerous people tell me of arguments between different scouts on the same player. Mike, that leads me to my next question because I look at what the Saints did moving up and you know trading a future pick to get to have two first rounders. I, I I view it as Mickey loves having flexibility. He and Jeff Ireland and the rest of the Brain Trust they love having flexibility, and they do enjoy taking multiple guys in the first round. And I have said this for weeks, more even longer. They believe they have a contending team. And they believe there are a few draft picks away from filling some holes and getting back into the postseason, especially with the NFC being down with all the talent now going over to the AFC this offseason. This is a team that nearly made the playoffs last year, Mike. And I just don't think they're in the market of getting a quarterback. I think they like wide receiver, offensive line, D-line, and DB like they always do every year in the first two rounds. Am I completely off base? No, I agree with you 100%. Uh, the other part uh, about this is, had they not signed Andy Dalton, I really think that you could make that argument that maybe this is a maneuver to get a quarterback. But, you know, looking what they've done in the past, they've always tried to fill the needs of the team as much as they could in free agency and then have some flexibility come draft time. That wasn't the case this year because you still have wide receiver safety, offensive tackle, needs. Okay, so now you got three of the top 50 picks in the draft. Uh, and is there a quarterback in this draft class? You don't have your 2023 first-round pick already. And if you would trade those two first-round picks to move up to get a quarterback, that means you've given up three first-round picks for a quarterback. In this draft class, there's no way. There's no way in the world. There's a quarterback that good in this draft class that I would give up three first-round picks. There it is. So I agree with you totally that this is a maneuver. Try to get you an offensive tackle, get you a receiver, get you a safety in the first three picks. And uh, it, it would fill needs. And the one thing with draft choices is football minimum wage. Okay, you don't have to pay them a ton of money for the first, you know, three years, basically, three to four years. And I think that that's the maneuver here, understanding there is some, you know, they've maneuvered around the salary cap very well, but there's always the future to look at. But you've got to fill needs. This stuff about best player available is a bunch of horse hockey. It's all about filling needs on a team. 
if it was best player available, you might have eight running backs on your team. If that's how your grade system is. So you got to fill those needs. And two, the ultimate trump card is that they know better than anyone when Sean Payton could return and you could recoup those picks, or at least part of it, uh, for 2023. So I agree with you totally. I think with 16, 19, a pick early in round two, you got an opportunity here uh, to, if you hit right, and that's the key, it's not just about picks. You got to get it right that, you know, you could feel that and you back at least as a contending playoff team. And you were so close last year. And it was a revolving door at quarterback and offensive line and wide receiver. Got to fill those needs and look at the high cost of receivers. I mean, do you want to go out and spend that kind of money on receivers today? These and what it's these wideouts are getting ridiculous, stupid money, Mike. It's just an amazing how much money's being thrown around at wide receivers this offseason. That's why I think you're going to see a quicker run on receivers. And always in the past, I've always told people quarterbacks and linemen, you know, they they the two positions that move up come draft day, and that's always been the case. I think you could now include receiver. Look at the money that's being thrown out there for these receivers. Do you want to get into that situation? And if you have multiple picks early, would you think about it and say, hey, uh, instead of me spending $30 million a year on a receiver, I can draft one, and I, and I don't have to pay him that money for quite some time. We got to take a time out more with Mike Dettelier, the draft analyst. He'll join us coming up after this timeout. You're listening to the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You know how some fellas don't care how they look? I mean, a few of you are rocking sweatpants that haven't been washed in days. Not to worry, my dear unkempt friend. RP3 and Company is a judgment-free zone. Hell, sometimes these guys don't even wear pants. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party. The pants with the pants. Party with pants. Now back to the hopefully fully clothed RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, it's time to laugh until it hurts, but the pain will be for a great cause. Cajun Comic Relief returns Saturday, April 23rd at Angel Hall. The comedy event, with its proceeds benefiting the Cajun Navy Ground Force, will feature comedians and entertainers such as Sam Jobert, Steve Shaw, and the raging Cajun John Morgan. KDN news anchor Jeff Horchek and yours truly. That's right. We will serve as co-MCs for the event. Once again, Cajun Comic Relief returns after a two-year hiatus due to the pandemic. Go out, enjoy yourself, get your laugh on. It's going to be for a good cause as well. Tickets cost $30 and can be purchased at eventbrite.com. Mike Dettelier rejoins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud, they have three picks in the top 50 
They're going to go, in your opinion, what? Offensive line, wide receiver, and DB? Or could that third spot be something else? Just looking at it, um, I think certainly offensive tackle receiver, you never know kind of what would be available in that second round. But safety, for me, would be the position. Um, With offensive tackles, three of them will go in the top ten in Evan Neal from Alabama, Ikea Kwano from North Carolina State, and uh, Charles Cross from Mississippi State. So my number four is Trevor Pitting from Northern Iowa, and that would be almost exactly where I have him rated is where the Saints pick. So if Pitting's there, then it's an easy choice. Uh, you grab Pitting from Northern Iowa, who has played both right and left tackle and also played a little bit of guard. So he's a guy that's a huge man, and uh, he needs a little bit of refinement work as a pass protector. Uh, but, you know, like anybody else coming into the NFL, uh, come on, you, there is an adjustment period. How quickly it'll be uh, will be why you have James Hurst, who could play that left tackle position uh, early on. But uh, I think Penning would be the guy. The intrigue would be at receiver. Because I think a couple of them will be gone by the time the Saints pick. Uh, and most likely Garrett Wilson uh, from Ohio State and Drake London from USC. The X factor is Jamison Williams. Because if he was not injured, he'd have been my number one ranked receiver in this draft class. Uh, now he's coming off the knee injury. He is making great strides. I've seen some of the videos of him working out. Uh, could he be available? Yes. If he's there, I pick him. But he may be gone, too. So now you've got a situation of the next best, too. And that would be Chris Olave, a really good route runner, a guy with an extra gear speed-wise from Ohio State, and Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Uh, Traylon's uh, a bigger version of Debo Samuel. He's a big six-foot-two 225-pound receiver who has played a lot out of the slot. Uh, and they've used him a lot coming out of the backfield. And, and very similar to Samuel, except he's a king-sized version of him. And last year, of all the receivers in college football, he was the best in on contested throws, going up and getting it, and coming down with it. L- look at this roster. Come on. Last year, a 50-50 throw was more like 2080. I mean, very seldom they came up with a real difficult catch in contested spots. So I think Olave and Traylon Burks, you may have your choice of either one of those two guys uh, in round one with the second first-round pick. And in round two, man, one guy I hope is still available, and that's Jalen Petrie from Baylor. Uh, and Dave Aranda's defense he played slot corner, free safety, strong safety. That's exactly what you would need on this team. A guy who's got some versatility, really good coverage skills. And he's not the biggest guy in the world at safety, but he can come up the seam fast and help out in run support. A really strong open field tackler. And the Saints love guys that are versatile. That's been a longstanding yeah. thing with Mickey. Yeah, no question about it. 
because now you can do a little bit of mixing and matching. Because when you look at Marcus May, in a lot of ways, his background of playing corner, playing in the nickel spot, and playing both safety positions is similar to Malcolm Jenkins. And so if you have a player with some versatility, you can mix and match. You, and you've got to have a safety who can cover. Don't give me this stuff about he can only play in a box because if that's all he can do is play to run, uh, every time I'm going to throw the football, I'm throwing it right at him. So that's why Petrie becomes someone of great interest in the early to mid-rounds of uh, round two. Mike, I only got about a minute left here, brother, but let me ask you this. Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, they're projected to be first-round guys. Who do you think is going to take them off the board in the first round? Who's going to who's going to be taking a quarterback? Is it Detroit? Is it Carolina? Who's it? Who is it? And where do you think those QBs are going? I think Carolina and Atlanta. I think Kenny Pickett goes to Carolina, and Atlanta picks Malik Willis. Wow! So you have Pickett going high. You have Pickett going all, all the way to Carolina. Why do you think Kenny goes to Carolina? Why do you think Matt Rule likes him? Well, when he was a senior in high school, he verbally committed to Temple, and the head Ooh. coach there was Matt Rule, who heavily recruited him. Uh, then Baylor showed uh, Matt Rule a bunch of dead presidents printed on paper, and he took off to go to Baylor, and Kenny Pickett uh, signed on with Pittsburgh. There's a long-time relationship between Kenny Pickett and Matt Rule from those days when he came out of high school. Matt Rule, he, he better get him a quarterback that can play now. Because if he doesn't, uh, he's picking a quarterback for the next head coach at Carolina. He may be doing <laughs> that even with Pickett. But uh, I'm telling you, there is a long-term connection between Pickett and Rule going back to his high school days. Mike, appreciate your time. As always, brother, we'll talk to you next week. Happy Easter to you and yours, my friend. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for hour number two, hour number three, coming up right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Appreciate you listening on this Good Friday edition of our show. We're getting you ready for the holiday weekend. Only got one more hour left to go. And I'm pretty just kind of laid back, chilled this morning as we prepare for the weekend. The producer extraordinaire, on the other hand, is what I call extra. Time for RP3 and five names to show off some sick dance moves with RP3 and company Dance Party. Hey, 
was an RP3 and Company dance party here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The dance party is needed for this show. You want to know why it's needed for this show? Because there are certain days where (laughs) I get a little too extra and you get a little too extra. Yesterday. (laughs) And dancing, just random acts of dancing helps us kind of just say, you know what? Let's take a moment. Let's take a breather. It's going to be all right. It's going to be A-OK. There we go. You feel better now? Uh, Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it only helped a little. Yeah. <laughs> Did not fix the printer problem, guys. Just to give you an update. Did not fix it. Now I can't <laughs> find the printer. It's a great time. But hey, I have makeup on today. I, I feel I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Everyone's wondering. No one is. The there. silence is fantastic. <laughs> going to do my work over here. Um. Shout out to your mama for sending me the recipe for the boiled crawfish boiled potato salad. Yes, I the, the words I sent her exactly are um Ray needs your recipe to make your potato salad. He said that your crawfish boiled them that he needs that in his life. Oh, I'm, I'm going to try this now. Yes. Boom. Boom. A- am I, once I have this, mm-hmm. this crawfish boiled potato salad, uh-huh. am I never going to want the other potato salad, regular potato salad again? Because I'm not. a I'm a big potato salad guy. Probably not. Because most people put relish and they put like weird stuff in it and I, I don't like it. What's like, weird stuff? I even... I just put some people put olives. Like no, you don't put olives in potato salad. What? You don't put nuts in potato salad. What? Who's doing yeah. that? Who's putting olives or nuts in potato salad? When you look up potato salad, people have there's like recipes at the top that are like ads, and some of those have like nuts or like onions or they have olives in it. And no, don't do that. <laughs> I just hate relish. Relish is just so gross. It's as bad as sweet buttered pickles. Sweet buttered pickles are so gross. And uh, well, why don't you tell us how you really feel? Well, <laughs> <laughs> how about that? So, okay, so wow, we have figured out <laughs> Kevin Foot is having a negative impact on you <laughs> because because the. The the slightly sassy, <laughs> sweet young lady that was an intern that became a part-timer, that became a full-timer late last year, right after Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. And now here we are, Easter. Yep. And in a span of five days, uh-huh. you have gone on a rant about two different things. Men with jewelry <laughs> and relish in sweet pickles. That is directly related to working with Kevin Foote every day. Uh, I mean, if you like to blame him, I love a scapegoat. <laughs> Who gets that animated about pickle relish? About, I, di- about relish. Oh, oh. Is it sweet relish or dill relish you don't care for? Neither. Any relish. Do not care for it. Any relish. D- done. Yeah. D- on the things that you despise... Relish, 
photo to pickles. Louisiana coffee, Tech. Louisiana Tech. Oh, and don't forget men men jewelry. Yeah. Men's jewelry. Really, it's really just the World Series and the the football rings. No, no, there there was more for. to that. There was more to that. Yeah, but there's that's another what it story. Down to. <laughs> there's there's another story behind. Or waking it. up in the middle of the night and my fiance not being in the next to me in the bed. <laughs> oh man, poor Kenneth. He just he, he couldn't sleep. Had to get had to get had to had to do some work. Yeah. It's his fault. You decided to go to bed early, so you woke up and I can't sleep. I am told him, said, take some melatonin. He didn't listen to me. Does not listen to me. Even the half time I'm right. Like when I'm like, well, like, you are a woman. Uh, yes. You are a woman, so you always get frustrated because you believe that you're right. And when your man yes. doesn't do what you want him to, that causes frustration. That's a story as old as time. Yes, because he also is 10 years older than me. So he thinks he's like the genius. And I'm like, no, not always are you a genius. When you go and say, hey, oh, where's my where's my keys? I said, probably on the dresser. And he goes, I just looked, they're not there. I said, oh, really? Walk in the room, on the dresser. Oh, look, it's your keys. Hmm. But I will counter with this. What? You guys dated for five years before he proposed. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's the genius. Just saying. Just saying. How is he the genius? <laughs> because we dated for so long before he decided to propose. Which we then, had, we did discuss in the beginning that um, if I get engaged while I'm in college, I am not planning a single thing for a wedding until after I get my degree. Because my mama always said, I don't need a man, I need a college degree. Thus why he waited to propose uh-huh. on your graduation day. Uh-huh. <laughs> So maybe he's not, uh, you know, m- maybe he's a bit of a genius after all. He's somewhat smart. I'm just saying. I mean, he, thinks, he, he well, see, he thinks he's really smart because he skipped like two grades. So he graduated at like 20 or something. So he's Doogie because, Howser. Yeah, he thinks he's like smart as a whip. And I'm like, just because you can solve Rubik's Cube does not mean. Well, the there's a difference between genius. book smart and street smarts. Yeah, he's not the street smartest. There no. you go. Mm-mm. So are you saying that? Your fiance is the lead character from the Big Bang Theory. Yes, he's Sheldon. He does. All right, he's got a little Sheldon in him. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if anyone wants a Rubik's cube, I have like twelve in my house. Why? Why do you have twelve Rubik's cubes at your house? Because we just constantly get them. So we have like two of what, the time same. Out, time out. Why? Because yes. he. Well, he can solve it in like 35 seconds. Uh, okay, but you can continue. The, the, the great thing one? about the Rubik's Cube is that you can continue playing it over and over <laughs> yeah. again. Well, now we have one that's like a cylinder. We have one that's two by two. We have two of the regular three by threes with the, like, the faster turning thing that he had. So he brought me one because he taught me over FaceTime in three months how to solve a Rubik's Cube. Child, him about that. I don't know how he did that. And then I have like the original one you get at like Walmart. That's like blocky and it, sometimes it's terrible to turn and yeah. And then there's like you got two for Christmas that those are just sit there and look pretty. Uh, I think that might. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this information. You're the first person in the history of mankind that I know that has twelve Rubik's cubes. I mean, it might be exaggerating a little bit, but I haven't looked at all. Of so them. right now at the casa. You have three dozen eggs and 12 <laughs> Rubik's Cubes. Yeah. 
Well, that sounds like a, a good time. Decks of cards. That sounds like uh, a good time. Yes. <laughs> a hyperactive dog that thinks anything that sounds sweet is his name. Oh, five names. God bless you. Yeah. God bless you. <laughs> we'll do a picture. Don't worry. I think we're going to get home. We got a chicken on the poll question of the day. Let's do that because I know Brian Gittery commented on Facebooks. Oh, oh, he did, did he? Yes, well, right he now, did. what was your favorite part of the Easter holiday growing up? Still a tie here. Really? 29. Yes, that that's what the Twitter people tell me. I just go on what they tell me. <laughs> I don't have my own thoughts on things. Yes, oh, yeah. they still say it's a tie. 29% say a basket of candy. 29% say crawfish boil. 25% say Easter egg hunt. And 17% say pock and eggs. Steve, Salty Steve, shout out to him, commenting on Good Friday. Be very, very quiet. I'm looking for wabbits. Yes. Yes, Steve. There's comments on Facebook. There's comments on Facebook? Yes. Hey, there's there, is there a comment on Facebook? There is. Oh, perfect. Yes. Let's let's share it. So uh, the first one is Suzanne Kendricks. She says Easter egg hunt. And the second That's one my is mother, uh, by the way. Brian Gidry that says dying eggs and egg hawking or however you spell it, LOL. Time out. <laughs> first of all, the accent. I know you don't even know what the hell you're doing right now. I have no idea what you're doing right now. For one. Two, Suzanne Kendricks is my mom. Oh, hi, mom. Mom commenting on the poll question of the Look day. Look at mom. Mom, Shout out to her. Mom is going to be doing some cooking today. She's she, cooking today. She's preparing for the feast that will be tomorrow. Traditional Easter ham, potato salad, boom, it's coming. I'm going to need you to bring just a little bit of potato salad so I can try it and see if it can be added to my collection of potato salads that I like. So you collect potato salads too in, no. in addition to Ruby's Cubes? <laughs> no, I, I, I have a collection of like my list of like who... There's a lot of maybe potato salad that I like the potato salad. Like I like my my mama's, but I like my mama's. My mama's potato salad was good. Mm-hmm. We used to trade it when I was growing up. Is we would make really good potato salad, and our neighbors across the street that like I grew up with one of their daughters, they had their mama Irene fries. Her their grandma's fries were just the bomb. So we would literally meet usually at our door, and we would trade to go containers that like ours have potato salad for them, and theirs had mama Irene fries for us. It was like a, it was a trade, and then I would go to their house, pick up a stick off the, the grill, and eat it. Something my dad would pass <laughs> down to me is that he would always be my mom's tester for potato salad. That was his, that was his, his jam. Oh yeah. And then what he would do, unless you know, we'd have a barbecue or we'd make potato salad for Easter or whatever it might be. My mom always had, mama always had to make potato salad. There would always be enough. She'd always make a big like you know a vat of it essentially. If it could feed fifty people. Because that's what my dad wanted. So he would then take the leftover potato salad and make sandwiches. Mm. Bread, potato salad, and then he did a game changer. You know, you have leftover ham. You can put that on there as well, but fried bologna. Fried bologna. Fried bologna, potato salad, two pieces of white bread, put it together. Have yourself a good time. What kind of white bread? Well, we lived all across the country. So it was whatever was fresh. I mean, when I was a kid, it was colonial bread. Now it's like Evangeline made, obviously. Yeah, my papa was a bunny bread man. Bunny bread? We always had bunny bread in our house. Bunny bread, yeah. See, there you go. Boom. Little fried bologna, leftover potato salad, sandwich. Get it done. That is not healthy, by the way. No, it's not. It's fine. Just to point out. Just to point out. So keep voting on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments. 
on Facebook and Twitter as well. But we got to take a timeout. When we return here, our buddy Nick Fondo, the semi-pro gambler. He's no longer called Nicholas by a hand of five names. If he answers today, it would be still Nick. Hope you're listening, Fondo. Hope you're up. Hope you set your alarm. (laughs) Cashing tickets is hopefully next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. P3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves, just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beamed twice in the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, me on my crawfish pie. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. Hey, just a reminder that the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Richard Seafood Patio is some of the best boiled crawfish, but also serves up boiled shrimp, boiled crabs, and fried and grilled seafood, burgers, steaks, pole boys, and a seafood buffet. Are you hungry yet? Oh, man, that sounds delightful. Go sign up for the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today on this Good Friday holiday for a chance to score a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio, but you can only win it by once again signing up for the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't forget to go vote on our poll question of the day. What was your favorite thing to do for the Easter holiday? Growing up as a kid, was it Easter egg hunts, crawfish boil? Was it pocking eggs? Was it getting a basket full of goodies, big old chocolate bunny? Go comment, leave your thoughts. Just make sure that you're nice about it. It is the holidays on Facebook and Twitter. But right now, it's time for us to talk maybe a little playing NBA play-in tournament, how to bet tonight's games, Major League Baseball as well. And what about the USFL? It's time for us to talk with Nick Fondo. It's time for Cash and Tickets. Tired of having your pockets emptied out due to bad sports bets? 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Go! Listen up, because it's time to take down some notes and get paid with advice from semi-pro gambler Nick Fontenot. I get so nervous when I gamble. I'm so silly. Here is Cashing Tickets on 103.7 The Game, Acadiana's sports station simulcast on Stadium 32.3. Mr. Fonno, how are you this morning, my friend? Good Friday to you, bud. Yeah, you know, it's Friday. The kids are here. Like, it's just it's not good vibes. <laughs> Deal, man. Just, just send them to school, you know? Just send them to school, man. <laughs> this, this man's like, these, I got the kids here. That's no good. 
Oh, bud, but some someone needs a guy's weekend. That's what that sounds like to me. Somebody needs a guy's weekend, bud. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have a good a good kickoff to the weekend tonight with the Pelicans game. So uh, it, it'll be it'll be it'll be a little bit better this evening. But right now, it's just you know you gotta make the breakfast and then like hang out with them. It's just you know. <laughs> oh, we're talking to our semi-pro gambler and number one dad, Nick Fondo. He's joining us here in RP3 and company. All right, but let's talk the play-in tournament. Let's talk the first game that's going to be on, on tap. That's the Atlanta Hawks led by Trey Young, and they're taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs kind of a, a, a nice breakthrough season with their young core. Kind of kind of definitely unexpected um, for a lot of folks. They had a great start to the season, but they faded down the stretch. They're battling it out tonight to be the number eight seed in the East. How do you like this game? How you bet in this game? Yeah, that's a good point. Definitely unexpected for the Cavs to be in this spot and even even have a chance to make the playoffs, much less you know be in this in this potential uh, you know playing game and making it forward. But I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Hawks simply because Trey Young's the best player in this game, and so I, I think he's gonna end up taking this game over. I think he's so much better than anything that the Cavs have. Now I think the Cavs are gonna be. Uh, one of those teams that's up and coming. They're they're going to be making their little you know their run next year. I think they're probably a year early. However, uh, I, I'm just going to go with the Hawks. I, I'm also going to take some Trey Young props. Probably the assist prop of ten and a half. Um, it, it's a lot of assists, but he he does it quite often, and so he's actually minus one forty on the assist. So I'll take the Hawks. The Hawks are minus two and a half, so they're actually the favorite, even though they're playing on the road. So give me the Hawks minus two and a half, and then Trey Young's assist props at at, uh, at ten and a half, I think is a pretty good bet. So I, I look for the Hawks to move on here. So you got the Hawks moving on. Obviously, Trey Young, some prop bets there. The nightcap is going to be Pelicans, Clippers, and the Smoothie King Center was great the other night. Sold out, uh, uh, sold out crowd. Great. That's that's great. And it seemed like an emotional game for them and for the franchise. But now they have to turn around again and beat another team fighting to get into the postseason. That's the Clippers. And they were 3-1 and one against the Clips during the season, but a lot of that was against the Clippers without Paul George. And when he came back, that made a huge difference in that double-digit loss to the Clippers just, what, about two weeks ago. How do you like this game tonight out in L.A. with likely Lewis Prejean in attendance? <laughs> well, I hope Lewis can bring some luck to the Pelicans and, and get it done. But I, uh, I don't, I don't like the spot for the Pelicans. I don't like the matchup. Uh, I'm not going to bet against the Pelicans because I, I, I hold a similar uh, spot in the for the Pelicans as I do for the Saints during football season. You know, I never bet against the Saints. I'm not going to bet against the Pelicans, but I'm also not going to bet for the Pelicans. I don't, I don't, I just don't like the spot. I don't think they have a really good chance. To win the game, so I'm actually just gonna go over. The over is two uh, two ten and a half. I'm just gonna bet that and hope for a lot of points because I I want the Pelicans to win and, I, and I'm gonna be rooting for them hard. But I just I really don't like this spot. So if you're a Pelicans fan, you know maybe stay away from it. Don't you don't want to add any financial loss to a potential loss for the team. And if they win, you can enjoy it just as much as if you didn't have money on it. So so don't bet the Pelicans, but we're not betting against the Pelicans. We're just gonna take the over. All right, so there you go. That's the NBA play-in uh, tournament. Any other matchups? We're still waiting on the 1-8 matchups to be decided tonight. 
But the playoffs are going to begin this weekend, Nick. So who else you like? Who else you want to put a little money on for the NBA playoffs? So the best part about playoffs is doing series bets, right? You can bet on, like, teams to win the series. You don't have to just bet on specific games. And right now, a lot of people are on the Nets um, to upset the Celtics at plus 120. A lot of people like the Nets to even go all the way and win the championship. I actually like the, the Celtics there. I think the most value in the first round is the Nuggets plus 205 over the Warriors. I know the Warriors are had a great year, and, and they're that team that everybody loves, but who's going to guard Jokic on the Warriors? I mean, I, just, I see him dominating just about every game. I like, the, uh, I like the Nuggets in six, so Nuggets plus 205, you can kind of double your money on a series bet, not necessarily betting the games, but betting the whole series. But that's what's kind of fun about the NBA playoffs, is that at the beginning, you can bet the series, and then all the way through, you know, if Let's say you like the Warriors and they lose game one. You know Their odds will be a little bit better for you to take the series bet and they may come back and win the win this series. So when you're watching these NBA playoffs, pay attention to the series bets. Pay attention to, to betting the entire series. And you can like put down money and then have it last four or five games and potentially have a big payoff. So watch the series bets. And if you're looking for an upset, go with the Nuggets. All right, bud, let's talk Major League Baseball season's up and running. What are some betting betting trends that you're seeing here first week and a half as we near the two-week mark of the season that kind of is piquing your interest, so to speak? Teams are struggling to score runs. I mean, that's, that's evident. I mean, we have, I think, the first weekend of the season, I think 12, uh, 12 of the series went under in runs, and, and, and teams are just having trouble scoring runs now. You know, I think that has to do with the, the hitters not being able to see Major League pitching. And, you know, pitchers, they can do their workouts and simulate a game much better than a hitter can. And so the pitchers are just more prepared to pitch right now than the hitters are. You're, you're not seeing a whole lot of runs. Now, there's some games like last night, the Braves lost 12-1. to That was not good. You did not need I'll to bring that up. What are you doing? I'll be for a home run in the ninth to, to put us on the board, but but no, I it's, it, you see you see some twelve run games and a lot of runs being scored in some games, but for the most part, runs are, are a little scarce. So, so pay attention to that if you if you're betting trends, if you're betting over unders, there may be some opportunity to make some money on betting under run games right now, and then as the season kind of gets closer to when they would have originally started, like maybe around the beginning of May, mid-May, start betting some overs. But right now in the beginning of the season, I think betting unders is a pretty good bet. All right, bud, we can chat out here with this. You're a semi-pro gambler. You're a semi-pro degenerate. Yet, you're pushing back on me about talking about betting on the USFL. Spring football, bud. The breakers are back. Come on. You know you want to bet on this. You know it's opening weekend for the USFL. You know you're going to put some scratch on something. Come on. You know, Ray, we did this last time with the XFL. Me and you. We yeah. sat here. Yeah, we did. And we did this with the XFL. And, and, then, <laughs> and it ended, ended very, very badly. It ended quickly. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and we can do this USFL thing if you like. I, I know you've been kind of pushing the USFL. So we'll do some USFL bets every week. Uh, the Breakers to win the championship is plus 550. They're the third favorite to win the, to win the, uh, to win the championship. So I, I might do that. I might just put like a little, you know, a little, little something on the Breakers and just kind of pull for them all year to give me some rooting interest. And then we'll start looking at these games next week and maybe go game by game basis on those. <laughs> 
to USFL. USFL begrudgingly accepts talking about it, which I'll, which I got no more love for him. But enjoy your yeah. time with your family. I know you're just only half joking. So uh, you're a good dad. So have a great weekend with the fam, brother. We'll talk to you next Friday, bud. Yeah, we'll do some Easter egg hunting, and you guys do the same. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on the RP3 and Company, it's time to take time to take a moment to talk A2 Fay Festival. It's coming up later this month in my wife's hometown of Arnaville. And Emily Chason, the festival queen, is going to be joining us to help preview the event. Tell us all about it, the musical lineup. There's a 5K, there's a cook-off, a car show. Lots to enjoy. That's coming up next right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 15th, 1996. For the first time in club history, the entire New Orleans Saints organization is housed under one roof with the move to the club's new facility at 5800 Airline Drive in Metairie. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Here in Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So, look, if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or for any other reason, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service and to promote public safety. Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, remind you, call 811 and know what's below before you dig. We're having a great show here on this Good Friday edition of RP3 and Company. And now it's time for us to talk a little Etouffee Festival. That's right. It's coming up later this month in Arnaville. Great lineup this year of local and regional Cajun musicians are on tap. There's the car show on the Sunday. There's the cook-off and the 5K on Saturday. 
And to break it all down for us is the Etouffee Festival queen herself from Homa, a Nichols student currently pursuing a great degree. We're going to learn all about that. Joining us here inside the game studios is now Emily Chase. On Emily, good morning, good Friday, happy Easter to you and yours, and thank you so much. Good morning, thank you for having me. Well, tell, I always, I'm always fascinated by this. Getting into pageants, doing them, um, people on the outside looking in, going, "Oh, well, that, that's just very simple. You just go and you get on stage and you smile and everything." But that's not what it's all about. <laughs> There's a lot of work involved. There's a lot of dedication. You know, tell us a little bit about what uh, made you first want to get involved with pageants, and what what do you like about them so much? Yeah, so I actually started pageants um, a couple of years ago, but I. Came to Arneville, fell in love with the town, fell in love with the church and everything it represents, and I decided to jump back into it. So it took a lot of studying, a lot <laughs> of time to find the dress, um, and eventually I did, and I decided to jump back on stage, and I fell in love with everything about it. Um, I have the most amazing sister queens that have been there for me throughout these last three weeks that I've been traveling so far, um, but I'm super excited for the festival. That's the one thing that I cannot wait to get here. I know from just the perspective of people in the community, having a festival like this again, because we've all dealt with the pandemic and having things canceled or if things being restrictive and things are kind of returned back to normal. There's a buzz about all types of events, including festivals. Just how exciting is it from your perspective to represent a festival like you're doing as the Etouffee Festival Queen to know that it seems like people are really excited to get back to going to festivals. Oh, absolutely. Um, I can say that I'm representing something much bigger than myself. And the town of Arneville is super small, that those people are super ready to be able to get back out there and have the festival and have what they love, the music, the food, the everything the festival stands for. So we're super excited. We're ready. We have great bands, obviously, great food, great, <laughs> great everything. So the atmosphere is going to be crazy absolutely crazy and we're super ready so what are some of your responsibilities as the pageant queen because you know you you receive the crown you receive the sash but there's things in duties and responsibilities that come along with that uh, what, what are those so throughout my role i am supposed to travel throughout the state of louisiana to represent my festival going to other fairs and festivals and telling them a little bit about what the festival is what we have what we stand for and things like that so so far i've only been queen for a few weeks now so i've only been to a few events but we've got a lot of things lined up throughout the next few months there's going to be a lot of photo ops with lieutenant governor billy nungesser at events throughout the state I'm going to give you a fair warning as someone who's who's been in the news business a long time. Uh, anytime there's type of a big festival, the lieutenant governor is there, obviously, because he is kind of serves as the head for the state when it comes to travel and tourism. Let's talk about the uh, lineup. It's it's a great lineup. Three days, Friday, April 29th, Saturday, April 30th, and then everything closes out on Sunday, May the 1st. Uh, Jamie Bergeron, the Kickin' Cajuns. They're on the Friday bill. Chubby Carey and the Bayou Swamp Band. Clay Cormier and the Highway Boys are on Saturday as well. And, um, and, and so many more. You know, just how exciting is it having such a star-studded lineup? Usually festivals will have one well-known act, maybe two. This year, the Etouffee Festival has, you know, half a dozen. 
festival lineup came out, there were so many people commenting, oh my God, this lineup is like so great. So I think that'll be one thing that truly brings the people out to the community. I mean, we have so many great bands that are coming out to play. So it's super good for our festival to be able to have those people coming in and bringing all those extra people in that maybe we wouldn't have before. The other component that I've always loved, because my wife is from Arneville, so I've been to the A2 Faith Festival many times. My father-in-law, he actually lives a block away from the, the festival where it's always held at. So we just literally walk down, and we take our daughter all the time. And one of the things that we love is the fact that there's always carnival rides. There's a fair atmosphere. So you have all this live music. You have this great food. You have the fair. Uh, you have you know a carousel. Our, my daughter's first time on a carousel, I think she was about, I guess, eight, nine months old. I'm holding her on the carousel. It's one of the first photos we have with her out and about like that. It's such a family environment, the food, the music, the carnival rides, and everything like that. As someone who's representing the festival, how much pride do you take in that, the fact that it's so family-friendly? You know, there's a lot of festivals throughout the state that I can say is truly family-friendly, but there's nothing like ours. You walk in and you hear the kids screaming and having such a good time. You'll find people dancing, people eating all day long. You know, that, that's... That, 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 that's that's been yeah. in the past, just, just to point out. But to know that people can come out and bring their family, especially after what we've been fighting for two years, it's yeah. something that we definitely looking that we're looking forward to. I mean, I know my family will be there. I'm sure your family will be there. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> Yes, I'm definitely inviting everyone to come out, bring their family, especially the little ones. There's going to be so much for them to do. I mean, there's going to be things for people of all ages to do. So we're looking forward to it. And speaking of that, you know, when you typically think of festivals, you think, you know, the food, the fair, the music and everything. But if you are extremely fit and if you're a runner and you're into 5Ks and whatnot, that's available too. You have the Etouffee Festival 5K. So that just gives you another opportunity to bring in uh, another part of the population, a different crowd to maybe come, hey, take part in the 5K and, and stick around and be part of the festival. Absolutely. I will be standing on the side, but y'all are more than welcome to come <laughs> run the 5K. So, so, so Emily, what you say? You're, you're not going to be running? You're not going to be running? I will stand there and clap everyone <laughs> as they run by, but I will not be participating. You'll, you'll, you'll be me. supportive. You'll yes. be cheering them on. Yes. If you like need that. some water, I'll get it for you. But as far as running... You lost me. <laughs> you, you oh, lost we're me. talking with Emily Chaseau. She is the Etouffee Festival queen. She was just crowned a few weeks ago. Obviously, the Etouffee Festival in Arneville is coming up in a few weeks at the end of the month. Um, it, it was always a, a struggle for me. Uh, my wife would always go every year. Sometimes I'd only be able to go for one day because I'd be covering the state softball tournament in Sulphur, which is always the same weekend. Uh, this year, my wife told me, you can't go cover that. You have to, because we're going to the festival. I said, I said, yes, absolutely. Uh, there's also the car show, though, right? That's the yes. other component of this, because there's the cook-off. The mayor's cook-off is Saturday. Saturday. The car show is Sunday. What can you tell us? So I have actually never been to the car show. I am looking forward to it, but it'll be, um, I believe, judging, or no, it's from 8 to 12 on right. Sunday. Yeah, so... Bring out those nice cars, and I promise I'll take a picture with them. There you go. Yeah, the cars are going to be lined up all the way from Russell's all the way down that whole that whole street. It'll be filled with the classic cars. And then, obviously, the cook-off. What's your role going to be with the cook-off? I know you're not participating in the 5K, but what about the cook-off? Are you going to serve as a judge, or are you going to 
get, get involved and eat and sample some of the greatness? They haven't told me that, but I promise I'll be eating. <laughs> that is one thing I can promise them. They have not told me what my role is yet, but eating a lot is definitely a role I will take on myself. This this is going to be the moment where you're going to kind of flex up a little bit and you're going to be like, I'm the festival queen. Right. So I need to have some samples here. I'm not <laughs> running and I'm eating. That says a lot about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, obviously you have these responsibilities as the the festival queen which you're you're taking on and you're fully on board with and you're embracing uh in you know in a great way but let's talk a little bit about how are you balancing this now you're only 19 years old from Thibodeau you are attending Nichols you're studying to be an adaptive physical education teacher which is geared towards special needs students so to say the least you got a lot on your plate um, how much of a challenge is balancing being a pageant queen and a festival queen and also being a full-time student pursuing uh, your career path? Honestly, being a pageant queen takes a lot of work, a lot of traveling, a lot of money. But um, I see it as a job. I will go out and do whatever the festival or the church asks of me. I don't see it as much of a barrier, I guess you could say, in my everyday life. I get my schoolwork done when it needs to be done. I go to work when it needs to be done, and I travel the state and do what I love and I can't believe that I get to call this my life. It's been fun <laughs> these past few weeks, but I know there's a lot coming up. Um festival week is going to be absolutely insane, but I can't wait. It's what I signed up to do and this is my job now, so I'm going to do it with everything I have. Before we let you go, Emily, tell the folks where they can go to get maybe some more information and how they can get their tickets and everything like that for the A2 Faith Festival in Arneville later this month, April 29th through May the 1st. Yes, so if you go to the Little Flower Auditorium, which is around where the festival will be, you will be yes. able to find more information. You'll be able to find some ride tickets. Bring those kids out and bring them on the rides. That's right. Bring plenty, bring plenty of cash. Yes, plenty of cash. Between <laughs> food and rides, you will need your whole paycheck. But yes. <laughs> yes. The convenience store on the corner, it has an ATM inside of it, but I would recommend not having to stand in line for that. Bring your cash beforehand. Correct. That's my that's my experience. Yes. Emily, thank you so much. Thank you for having Congratulations me. Congratulations on uh, being crowned the Etouffee Festival queen. And can't wait to see you out there for the Etouffee Festival once again in Arneville, April 29th through May the 1st. That's just coming up in just a few weeks. Family-friendly event, great music, great food, car show, a 5K, and you get to see Emily out there, the queen. Yes. We got to take we got to take a timeout. Our final one of today's show. When we come back, we'll finalize the poll question of the day. Get you set up for Kevin Foot and footnotes. That's all coming up next, right here on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All the Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, Megan Thee Stallion, Shaquille O'Neal, Shaq back on stage rapping, and of course, Kevin Foote's favorite, as we know, via the TikTok the Doja Cat. That's Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in lovely Gulf Shores, Alabama. Win VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Before we finalize our poll question of the day, 
I want to take a moment to thank our guest, James Yasko from the Lima Time Time podcast, NFL college football analyst, draft guru, Mike Dettelier, Nick Fondo, our semi-pro gambler, who's begrudgingly going to be betting on USFL games now, thanks to me, and of course, Emily Chase on the Etouffee Festival queen. But before we finalize the poll question of the day, do we have our game changer of the week phone call, Miss Adams, a.k.a. five names? Whoa. The way you just said my name scared me a little bit. <laughs> I'll, give them the, uh, I'll give them the results of the poll question of the day first while you queue up our game changer of the week. I threw you off. That's my apologies. I failed you. I'm sorry. Look, when, you're, when, you're, when you are sitting next to royalty, sometimes you, this is what happens. Yes. It throws you off your game. Poll question of the day. What was your favorite part of the Easter holiday growing up? Winning the poll question. 30% of you say basket of candy. Chocolate bunny is undefeated. 26% say crawfish bowl. 26% say Easter egg hunt. And 18% of you say pocket eggs. Brad on Twitter says looking for the egg with the money in it. I also liked dying, decorating the eggs with my mom and later on with my own kids. Yeah, that's great. I love doing that. We're going to do that Saturday. So... Thanks to all who commented and voted on the poll question of the day on this Good Friday edition of our show. But right now, it's time for us to unveil the Game Changer of the Week phone call. But right now, let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on our guy, Doug. Doug, good morning to you, brother. Good Friday to you and yours, my friend. What's on your mind, brother? Oh, same to you, Ray, and everybody else. I'm, Ray, I'm going to give you a little secret about Pac-Ann, but, but first, I want to say there was some good baseball and some good softball last night. I was back and forth between the girls and the, and the boys uh, Tiger games, and that Tiger game, uh, the boys, that was that was great, man. It was back and forth, back and forth. I'd like to see a bigger sample size of Bryce Collins. Mm-hmm. I think he's a, he's a better pitcher than what we're seeing. But uh, and Alec Kilpone and uh, man, she's she's awesome, man. I mean, she's a powerful pitcher. She she really she left the uh, the Gamecock scoreless. I mean, I, I, what can you say? That girl's tough, man. Oh, she's no but joke, listen, Doug. Ray, that's for sure, brother. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey, listen, Ray, you want to be the Pocket champ? Oh, give it, g- give me the, the tips. <laughs> Go to the feed store in Cancro. They sell these porcelain chicken eggs. Uh, you can put them in, you know, they use these eggs to thin out the egg eater snakes that get into the nest and eat yeah. the chicken eggs. But anyway, you can get these eggs, and if you uh, if you put a little fingernail polish on it and stuff, kind of decorate it a little bit, I guarantee you, you you're going to be in a pocket chance. <laughs> don't let the little... Don't let the kids hold your egg. <laughs> Just figure it out. <laughs> oh, there it is, brother. There it is. Doug, appreciate the phone call, bud. Happy Easter to you and yours, my friend. Happy Easter, Ray. There it is. Doug, your game changer of the week. Phone call. Put him over the top with the egg pocking tips. My man. My man. Happy Easter to everyone out there this weekend. For the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again on Monday, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next, right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.